We are reading the book of Acts as a church, and um, we are in Acts chapter 3. Okay, and so if you turn your Bible to Acts 3, or if you want to see it on the screen, it is there. One day Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer, at 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple course, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power of, or by our own power of godliness we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the, the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that this Messiah will suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him will be completely cut off from the, their people. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. 
and you are heads of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. Amen. God, we thank you so much that you can lead us into your word this morning. The church formed had to grow. There was a seed of Christ that had to grow as led by the Holy Spirit in the circumstance in which they were put. Help us to imitate their faith. Help us to understand what your spirit teaches us today. We pray this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I have very four quick points which we'll go through. And the first one is it's all about Jesus. Well, the title is it's all about Jesus. First up point is prayer. So one day Peter and John were going up to the temple time of prayer. Three in the afternoon. Okay, and I think um as I said, it's a very simple point. They took it for granted that they would pray. It was taken for granted that the disciples would pray. In fact, in Acts 2, the Bible tells us they were devoted to what? Prayer. That was a life of devotion. But we ask ourselves, where does this come from? They learned it from their master. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petition with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard. So in Luke 11, verse 1, the disciples come to Jesus as Jesus was praying. And when he had finished praying, they said, teach us to pray. Wow. Teach us to pray. They have learned this lifestyle from their master. And I think disciples, without being so heavy, my encouragement to the church is let's be prayerful. Let's pray at all times. Let's pray without ceasing. Individually and collectively, let's be able to pray. On the phone, when we have conversations with each other, let's finish and say, let's pray to you. Let's pray together. Bonds of prayer. I love something that um, Brian Davis has set up. Once a month, a group of brothers meet to pray. Yesterday, very early in the morning, we met at certain part to pray before the baptism. Okay, but it's something I will encourage us to do. Do it with your children. Pray with your children. Husband and wife, pray together. Can I encourage husbands? I'm a husband. Sometimes when Jackie asks me, let's pray. Man, I'm in the middle of something. I thought, man, do we need to pray now? Be thankful that your wife is asking, let's pray. Some husbands think they should be the one asking, let's pray. Actually, it should be either way. But let's pray in our families. That is the only point I want to make on that. Let's be men and women of prayer. That was Jesus' life. Very early in the morning while it was so dark, he would leave, go to solitary place and do what? He would pray. Mark one thirty five. you know that. Luke 5.16. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places where he did what? He prayed. That was his life during the day. Where is Jesus? Oh, he's praying. Luke 6, 12. 
One day Jesus went to the temple site to pray. And what did he do? He spent the whole night praying. He didn't say, I'm going to have all night prayer. He just, I'm going to pray and spend the whole night praying. And you see it in Luke 9. You see it in uh, Garden of Gethsemane. While the disciples were sleeping, what was he doing? He was praying. On the cross, he was praying. That is the Lord will follow. So what we see Peter and John doing should be what we should all be doing. Because I tell you, when we pray, when we pray, it's an offensive weapon in Satan's kingdom. He hates it. He hates it. You see, I was so encouraged. I was personally encouraged when I know some of you have been spoken to Leo. And I phoned her and she said, oh, I was thinking about you ten minutes ago. She said, I know the church is praying for me. Something happened to me. That it's only by prayer that I came through. I thought, wow. I didn't even know the sisters have a prayer list that they pray through. And they met together to pray for our dear sister. Wow. Such things just blows my mind. It caused me to pray even more. And we can sit here and pray and somebody somewhere in Timbuktu will be healed, by the way. The prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. So, let's pray. Amen. Amen. That is the first point I want us to remember. And indeed, in the book of Acts, as I shared in our first sermon on Acts chapter 1, 31 times recorded, the disciples all collectively were praying. Okay. They were praying. You know, Acts 1.14, they all got together to do what? Pray. The, Acts 1.24, when they were choosing who should replace Judas, they prayed. Acts 2.42, Acts 31, we just read it. Okay, it goes on. The disciples prayed all the time. And the church should be the temple of prayer. Amen? Amen. The temple of prayer. Point number two, source of hope. It's all about Jesus. He's the source of hope. And um, we think of the, let's think of this man. A man who was lame from birth. He was lame from birth. Okay. Congenital. Present at birth. Deformity. Congenital deformity. He was carried to the temple gate called Beautiful where he was put every day. To beg from those going into the temple course. Think of this man for a moment. Wow. His life will not be the same as anybody else. He's deformed. He is in the society, in the culture. He's separated. He's separated. I mean, they put. why did they put him in front of the temple gates? He couldn't enter the temple. The scriptures bars him. Leviticus. The Lord said to Moses, say to Aaron, for the generation to come, none of your descendants who has a defect may come near to offer the food of his God. No man who has any defect may come near. No man who is blind or lame or disfigured or deformed. This man is lame from birth. He couldn't even enter the temple to worship his God. He goes on to say, I, I, I took it off, but many other deformities, including those with damaged testicles. That is why the Ethiopian eunuch couldn't enter the, the temple either. But we'll get to Acts 8 and we'll talk about that. So this man, 
so completely separated from society. They put him there, but he also had hope because he would have heard the scroll of Isaiah <coughs> say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the dead unstopped. Then will the lame, which was this man, leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. And those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them and sorrow and sighing will flee away. Amen. So this man was lying there also hoping for something. Begging. You see, the God of compassion calls his people, the Jews, as well as the disciples today, to be of compassion. Amen. The world around us is broken world and calls for the church's compassion and care. And we Christians, we Christians, we need to be able to care. We need to be able to give all we can and care for the poor and the needy. 1 John 3.17 If anyone has material possession and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Okay. So we need to show care. Amen. But also I just want to warn us as a body. What you must not do is to make the mistake of supposing that our Christian care is the gospel. I can love somebody all I want, give all my money, but it's not the gospel. Neither should we allow our social works to get out of proportion and swarm the preaching of the gospel. Peter and John would have given this man gold and silver and it would have probably made his life comfortable here. But he would not have received eternal life. And the world will say to us Christians, if we are real and true Christians, give up all that doctrine and preaching and trying to get people converted and get on instead with helping the poor and the sick. And the truth is, the world wants the church charity, but they don't want the church Christ. They want God's merciful service, but they don't want God's suffering servant. And we shouldn't buy into that lie. We should love people, but we should preach the gospel. We should love people, but we should preach the gospel. And indeed, the preaching of the gospel will take priority. I want to share about a friend. This was back in I wonder if my wife recognized this photograph. Probably not. Because he was a young man. Where is where is Daniel Ahmed? Daniel, can you stand for a moment? 
this friend looks like Daniel. And indeed. Yeah, he was a first year student. Okay. You were a bit taller than him. But uh, he was a first year student with blonde curly hair. You can sit. And, um, so, I had gone to pray, Highgate Woods, in North London. And I walked by, and a guy was sitting there looking miserable. And I go break, come back. He was still there. I walked by, and I thought, Roger, what are you doing? Go and say something to him. So I approached this young man, and um, and uh, I said, my name is Roger. What's your name? I won't mention his name. That's his initial. And um, I said, you don't look very happy. He said, no, I'm not very happy. I said, what's wrong? He said, I'm being kicked out of university. I said, why? He said, I failed my exams. He's a first year student. He was doing some international European something. I tell you, he comes from a very rich family. I didn't know that. So I said, so which, you failed everything? He said, no, I failed one subject. Which subject did you fail? He said, accounting. I said, oh, <laughs> you failed accounting. All right. So you are being kicked out because of that module. He said, yes. And he said, so you don't have any risk? He said, oh, I have to risk it in three weeks, but I'm not going to do it because I'm useless at accounting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I said, so you have a risk, good news. Mm-hmm. And it's accounting. And when three weeks, I said, okay, can you do me a favor? Can you download your syllabus and download five years of past papers? And uh, we need to meet up. I said, I can help you. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? <laughs> he was, really? Mm-hmm. I said, yes. So I gave him my schedule. This is when I finish work. At this point, I have a church meeting in between that fit yourself in. So he invited me to his house. And when I went, I was so blown out. Is this what he did? I won't tell you what his dad did then or what his mom did. Jack, you remember the person now? Good. Anyway. So... um they were willing to pay me 40 quid an hour just to teach their child. Wow. I said, no, I didn't come for money. <laughs> I said, I'm just here, and this is 96, 97. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Wow. They were so rich. He's the only student I've seen driving the car he was driving, and he was a first-year student. Wow. I mean, because he he would come and pick me wherever I go, so he see me sitting in front of this Porsche car, and everybody thought, I'm a big man. <laughs> He'll pick me from everywhere. <laughs> so anyway, he downloaded the syllabus, and he had to pass questions. And two weeks, seriously, this guy was committed. Even 10 p.m., he'll drive, come, and I'll teach him. We'll be together, and he went for the exams, and guess what? He passed with flying colors. Wow. <laughs> Yesterday, I typed his name into Google, mm-hmm. and this is what I found. As, a, as an older person now. Mm. Okay, this is what I found. I won't mention his name. But, um, so, we're about to do missions contribution that year. And the minister of the church, then again, I won't mention the brother's mm. name, but he had three children. Mm. And he was preaching and said, Look, I was going to buy bikes for my three children, I promised with them, but now I need to give the money to missions contribution. Of course, this friend of mine, young guy, was sitting in there, and guess what he did? Went and bought the, the best <laughs> expensive three bikes. Wow. Of course, the brother refused. Said, "No, no, 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 no way! I'm ha- having this." So he returned and he got his money back. Mm-hmm. But my point is, I had to share the gospel with him. Mm-hmm. 
whether he accepted it or not is another matter. Do you understand what I'm saying? We'll do good to people. We'll commit ourselves to people. But let's not do it without sharing the gospel. Silver and gold. Even if we give that, but if we don't give Jesus, what's the point? What is the point? So, let's give silver and gold. Let's meet needs beyond merely material. There's always spiritual help that we can give people. Amen to that. Amen. That is the second point. The third point will be no more boasting. Mm-hmm. It's all about Jesus. No more boasting. Okay? And again, we see why the man held on to Peter. The people came to him, staring at us. Peter said, why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we've made this man walk? By faith in Jesus. You see, Peter could have said, wow, look at the attention we're getting. I mean, everybody is running out of the temple to, to lift us up. You know what I'm saying? And it would have gone into his head. And he said, a little warning I want to give us as a congregation. Okay. God is going to do things amongst us. And God will use us. And indeed, let's share the good things God is doing amongst us. Let's not. Because it inspires me. It inspires me when Jabu shared on Wednesday, I prayed. Specific prayer. And the next person I talked to was the answer to the prayer. At all, wow. It is inspired me when um, Derek going to a shop, as he shared on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and talks to a person, and God had arranged that. Mm-hmm. It inspires me when Tracy, daughter phones Tracy to say, oh, by the way, the mini cab driver is called Adam, mm-hmm. and look for him, and Tracy thought the driver was Ishmet, mm-hmm. and Ishmet said, oh, yeah, I can drop you home, and here is Tracy. Mm-hmm. You see, God is working. But it's not something we can boast about. That's right. God is working. God is working. Okay. So Eliza, why do you stare at us? We should be able to say, why do you stare at us? I see by our power and godliness. This is happening. Okay. And I must confess, it's encouraging. It is encouraging to me, and believe me. Ultra encouraging to see every people getting baptized. Mm. Souls being saved. Mm. Jordan getting baptized. Mm. Seth getting baptized. Mm. Michael getting baptized. Mm. Tracy getting baptized. Ruth getting baptized. Mm. It's encouraging. Mm. And hopefully even this week another sister will be added. It is very encouraging. Mm. And so people phone from London and say, Bro, hey, this is happening in Burma. What are you doing? No, I'm not doing anything. God is doing something. That's right. Yes, that's right. We should never take the credit. Yes. Yes. Ever. Amen. We did that in the past. Yes. And we shall not go there. Yes. I plead with you. As a church, let's watch out that we do not give credit to men or women for what the Lord is doing amongst us. Let's not fall into the trap of giving too much attention to and deriving our joy and security from numbers. Because it's the Lord who has to our numbers. Amen, Amen to that. Amen. We should pray for more to be saved. We shall work for more to be saved. But it's the Lord who has to the number. 
I've just printed 500 cars, personal cars. I tell you, I'm going to bless Birmingham. I've made my plan. Every train stop, I will stop, I'll pray for one hour, I'll reach out. That's my plan. That's me. I'm not saying you should do the same. But I thought, and I'll get on the tram to Overhampton. (laughs) Because I want people to be saved. But God will do it. God will lead us. As we make ourselves available. As we say, God use us. You want people to be saved. Use us. Use our strength. God will do it. But we should not boast. So my prayer, if you can memorize this, not us, Lord, not us, but your name be the glory. Because of your love and faithfulness. Not us, Lord, not us. Your name will be glorified. Our God is in heaven. He does whatever pleases him. Amen. Amen. He does whatever pleases him. And the credit and the glory goes to God. Not men or women. But we shall work flat out. We shall pray. And if God's will to be used, then we will be used. Because out of the stones, God can raise men and women for his mission. We should be privileged to be here to be used by God. Goodness. When we are in heaven and history unfolds before us and we thought, wow, that little kindness. Jesus said, the water we gave, that water we gave, that hospital visit we made, that homeless person who spoke to the visitor, we encouraged. You see what I'm saying? We should do that, but we should not boast. But let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself, who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. Let God commend you. Don't commend yourself. Amen. Yes. You see the little bee in blue there? You see the inverted commas. Paul is quoting the Old Testament. And he's quoting Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. This is what the Lord says. Let the not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches. But the one who boasts boasts about this. That they have the understanding to know me that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice and righteousness on earth. For in this I delight, declares the Lord. Amen. Amen. So when we boast, we boast in the Lord. But we shall boast in the Lord because God will use us. And we shall stand and say, you know what? God used us. God used us. Final point. It's all about Jesus. We need to repent of ignorance. Wow. So, they come to Peter. Peter said, when Peter saw them, he said to them, fellow Israel, why does this surprise you? You've seen this guy here. Why does this surprise you? You should know the scriptures. You shouldn't be surprised. The God of Abraham, he begins. Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers has glorified his servant. He said you should know the scriptures. This was predicted. Your heads, the prophets, 
Abraham the promises. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own. You must listen to everything he tells you. That person is here. Indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. By faith in the name of Jesus. It is Jesus. He was predicted. All your scriptures, the prophets spoke about him. So you shouldn't, you shouldn't have been surprised. <coughs> you know why you are surprised? Because you messed up. You handed him over to be killed. Can you imagine that? The Messiah. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate. I mean the Gentile king wanted to free him. Yes. And you disowned him. You disowned the holy and righteous one. You asked a murderer to be released instead of him. I mean, what do you think these people are thinking? It's, oh my goodness, what have we done? You killed the author of life. I mean, if the giver of life has been killed, what should happen to you? You have no life. The guy gives life, you've killed him. Imagine the coronavirus. If the one person who could come up with a solution will kill him, what chances have we got? Do you understand what I'm saying? The author of life and salvation, you've killed him. Wow. But he said, now fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance. And so did your leaders. Wow. Okay. Are we going to get a... What should we do then? Repent. Back to Acts 2, isn't it? They were cut to heart. Repent. Turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and time of refreshing will come. He said, when God raised up his servant, this is Jesus, he sent him first to you to bless you. Isn't that encouraging? He was sent first to you for blessing. And the thing is, he's saying, all God wanted to do is to bless us. Amen. Amen. Like James shared in his communion, yes, we've messed up big time. We've messed up in a big way. Sometimes you reflect on yourself and think, God, thank you, you, I'm saved. That's all God wanted. He sent him first to us so that we may be saved. God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to repent and have a time of refreshing. But our ignorance, we need to repent of ignorance. The ignorance of the word, we need to repent of. Hosea 4 says, my people perish because they do not have knowledge. We twist the scriptures. We follow the tradition of man. We become ignorant. We are unwilling to obey. We become ignorant. We follow personality cults. I follow Apollos. I follow Peter. I follow Paul. I follow Pastor Dart and Pastor Dart. And I follow this denomination. Come on. It should be Christ. It should be Christ. We want convenience. We don't want commitment anymore. We want salvation. But we don't want the Lordship of Jesus. We follow our feelings. 
who follow their signs and wonder, fascination with miracles, ignorance. Health and wealth, prosperity theology, ignorance. The fear and fascination, end of time speculation. We study that because one of the brothers said we should put it on our thing. We look at end time speculations. Faith alone. All you need to do is have faith and you are saved. Faith is important. But there are other conditions of salvation. So the Bible said, you were ignorant and so were your leaders. The leaders will lead you astray. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you do what? You save both yourself and your hearers. If you don't, you lose yourself and you lose your hearers. So we need to be very careful. Let's repent of ignorance. So brothers and sisters, my point today, very simple. First point, let's follow Christ, the model of prayer. It's all about Jesus. Amen. Let's be a church that will be known for being prayerful. Being prayerful. Second point, it's all about Jesus. He's the source of hope. You may be facing tough conditions like that man put at the temple. And you may even be excluded from society, but have hope in Christ. Have hope in Christ. Silver and gold will not solve our situation in this world. Well, in this world it may. But eternally probably not. But we need a blessing. We need a blessing that will be here and eternal. Amen? Amen. Source of hope. No more boasting. It's all about Jesus. There is no more boasting. Why do you stare at us as if our power and godliness? No, no more boasting. Whatever we do, we do in the Lord. Amen. Amen. And God will use us. God will build his kingdom, even out of stones. So we are privileged to be his servants. We are privileged to be his servants. And therefore, we do not boast. So don't think, oh, Roger and Jackie are here. Look at Birmingham Church. It has nothing to do with us. You love God. You love God deeply, and God will use you. God will use all of us. Amen? Let's make ourselves available to be used. No more boasting. And we need to finally repent of ignorance. We need to repent of ignorance. And if you are here, and you've been led astray by false doctrine, repent. I was religious, the world led me astray. Mm-hmm. My religious leader led me astray. Yeah. Funny enough, the Archbishop of Canterbury equivalent in Ghana, his son and I were classmates. We were in boarding school together. So when I went on mission tea, mm-hmm. the first place I went was to look for the Archbishop of Canterbury of Ghana. And indeed, he invited me for lunch. Mm-hmm. And I said, why was I baptized as a baby? Mm. Roger, that's our tradition. Mm. I said, I'm still 38. Put that aside. That's our tradition. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
Downquest grandson, that's what he called me. My grandfather said, oh, you are Downquest grandson. That's our tradition. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, leaders will lead us astray. Yeah. Traditions will lead us astray. Mm-hmm. Let's go, come back to the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it's all about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's encouraging, therefore, to know that uh, Ruth chose Jesus mm-hmm. yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tracy chose Jesus a week ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, who... Jordan, Michael, Seth, and this week, I can't see the sister, but another person may be added to our number. Mm-hmm. Okay. So thank you very much for the time. It's all about Jesus.